Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Welcome to the NHS Employers Virtual Board podcast series. In this episode, you will hear from Clive Lewis, who is a non-executive director at Gloucestershire Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust. Clive, could you start by telling us a bit about yourself and your background? Good morning, Gemma. Uh, thank you for inviting me to, to come along today. Uh, as you say, I am a non-executive director uh, for the Gloucestershire Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust, uh, which is an organisation um, with around 8,000 uh, people, uh, generating revenues of um, just north of £400 million. And I've had the privilege to serve as a non-executive director um, at that trust for three years. I'm just entering my fourth year uh, where I've been re-elected for a further term. In addition to my role as a non-executive uh, director, um, my day job is as a HR professional um, and I work uh, primarily in the area of building better relationships in the workplace uh, as a dispute resolution specialist. Um, I do a lot of work in the field of mediation and also training um, in areas such as how to manage uh, difficult conversations. Um, I also uh, write, I've written a number of books primarily in the area of self-development um, in areas such as work-life balance, um, for example. I think the final thing that I'll touch on as part of my introduction is I have a uh, an interest in charity work. I've recently launched something called the Bridge Builders Mentoring Scheme. Uh, that is a scheme to help um, young males primarily who are from poor backgrounds and that's a, a mentoring scheme that is up and running now across the country in a number of schools and we are trying to help to build the future for some of these youngsters who other, otherwise would have um, quite a, a poor looking future. What does health and wellbeing mean to you in your organisation and what impact has this had so far? Well I think the first thing to touch on is that the culture for our organisation is very much that if we aren't able to focus on and be mindful of health and well-being, then really it would be quite a poor example to set to the public. So we recognise that we have to be a leader in the field, really, because of this sector uh, that we work in. We've done a number of things and uh, led a number of initiatives. Um, initially, there's been a very strong focus on managing sickness and absence and as an example uh, of the of what that means uh, we have included in the objectives of managers senior managers um, the desire to reduce um, the sickness and absence levels to the target that we've been working with over the last year which is about a, a three percent uh, target We've also been looking at uh, increasing data uh, and capturing more, particularly on reasons for sickness and uh, absence, with the principle being, well, if we don't know why our people are ill, how can we uh, look at appropriate um, interventions? Um, 
I think it's also important to say um, that we have been embarking on these initiatives in conjunction with our colleagues uh, in, in staff side. Um, a second thing to, to touch on is that we've done some very um, active campaigns. For example, uh, we've led on things such as flus, flu vaccinations and encouraged uh, members of staff, irrespective of seniority, uh, to be aware of flu vaccinations. And to help and to make it easier, we have taken flu vaccinations to staff rather than them having to travel to um, take part in the flu vaccination um, programme. Um, but I, I think it's important to say that we also recognise that this is more than just about sickness and absence management because we are very careful to ensure that what we don't do is shift the emphasis so that we have a, a problem with presenteeism where people are there but actually they shouldn't be at the workplace. We, we want to ensure that productivity really is at the top of the list and, and of course that all of the work that we do is underpinned by recognising we want to provide a better service to, um, to patients. Um, let me just touch on two other things, Gemma, before I finish this part. Um, another idea we've had is to look at um, issues around um, shared activities such as physical um, or otherwise. So two examples I, I would give are that we have a, um, a cycling group <laughs> and we encourage people to, to think about ride to work uh, days. Uh, and that's been in, done in junction with our occupational health providers. Uh, and the second thing that I'll touch on in relation to this is uh, a, a new development, which has been a workplace and community choir. The idea for which was start, started by a member of staff and very quickly the choir has grown uh, to nearly 100 members and it's being talked about uh, both inside and outside of the trust and, and that's been uh, just great in terms of the feeling people get from being part of part of that group. Now in all of this what we're doing is trying to measure the impact on things like sickness and absence and when we've been able to see a reduction in our own sickness and absence figures. Um, so when we started the program our figures were at 4.06% um, a year on we are down to 3.85% um, it's not um, major in terms of how much the reduction has moved by, but it's moving in the right direction. And we never considered that this would be an overnight success. We need to keep working on it um, over, over time. How are we assured that our managers are competent in dealing with the health and well-being of employees? This is a key for me. I think it's a, a key challenge for um actually any organisation um, and the thoughts that come to, to me about this are firstly to recognise that it's unlikely that our managers are experts. Um, experts in the field are likely to be HR professionals, those in occupational health so the challenge I think is for us to share the knowledge and understanding that we have with our line manager colleagues through uh, training and briefing sessions so they really do become aware of the um, issues and the impact that they can have. In relation uh, to that um, earlier I mentioned about um, 
information and data. And I think that this is key because as a line manager, I would like to know um, what the real issues are. So for example, um, who has been off ill in my department? Uh, for how long have they been off ill? What's the problem? i.e. why is it that they are off um, uh, ill? Uh, and also helping line managers in equipping them to have conversations about this. Uh, an obvious example that I would give is return to work conversations. Sometimes these don't happen because line managers aren't quite sure about how to do it. They're scared about where it might lead. Um, so if line managers are able to be trained and equipped on how to have that type of conversation, uh, it's much more likely that they will be willing to go ahead and, and have it and um, really get to the issues involved why um, people are away. Um, I want to touch on something else here in, in my response to this question, which is often the conversations are about who's been off ill and how long they've been off for. We often miss a huge group, which is those who have had no time away from the workplace. They are at their desk or they're in the office day in, day out, sometimes working more hours than they are contracted for, making a major contribution, um, high levels of productivity. And let's just say, for example, that that is 80% of the workforce. Uh, it will vary from organization to organization. Um, I think if line managers have information about who that group of people are, uh, they can also use that information to perhaps thank or acknowledge those who have never had uh, major time away ill from uh, from the workplace. So if I think the, the summary of what I'm saying is if line managers are uh, better equipped, they've got more information, uh, they will have much better knowledge to know how to handle and manage their, their own workforce. What would you say are the top three things that have the most impact on staff health and well-being? The first thing I will refer to is uh, I recall research on health and well-being led by Dr. Steve Borman. Um, I don't know, that must be three or four years ago or so now. Um, I, I commend that, uh, that piece of research. I think it was first class. One of the things that I recall from the research was a piece of information um, that was titled likelihood of absence. What stuck out for me was that when they looked at the category of staff being listened to, um, there was a marked difference um, compared to those who were likely to be away from the workplace. So uh, from memory, for, the, for those members of staff that were that felt that they were listened to, they were 34% um, likely to be absent compared to um, 54% for those members of staff who didn't feel listened to. So I guess Gemma we're coming back to the question you asked before which was about the role of the line manager and this is a key role I think in what they've got to um, to do in um, in the role that they have to play in managing their their people. Um, so you asked for three things let me just uh, quickly refer to two others. Uh, the second is about the clear messages an organization 
concerned in letting the workforce know that it does take this or this um, topic and subject seriously and that will come through in uh, data and policies uh, in the facilities that might be available to staff uh, and initiatives that they may be taking um, if all of that comes across as clear I think that's the second thing on my list about the impact that um, that will likely have on this area um, and I think the third area comes down to ownership um, because I'm of the view that this is actually joint um, our organizations need to, to lead and set the example um, but also organizations are uh, our workplace where adults come to work and we each of us have responsibility for taking our own health and well-being um, seriously so I, I think that the third thing in terms of an impact is where there can be the message that this is joint it's us as an organization and it's you as an individual and if I can be aware of some of the things that I can do to take responsibility for my, my own health and well-being um, then that's the third thing I would refer to as having the likelihood of, um, of having a, a major impact. <laughs>